0: John chapter 12, John chapter 12, I titled The Message, A Political or a Spiritual King? A Political or a Spiritual King? I got too many notes, got too much, so I'm going to do the best I can to cut through them pretty quick and give you the baseline and get where we need to be. John 12 and verse 20 it says, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came, therefore, to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. I preached in quite a few places. and I, Several podiums I've stood behind, and this one at, at some points, <laughs> maybe again, uh, one place Anybody gets up to preach or read way in the back on the wall, they letters, sir, we would see Jesus. I've seen this often, and it's good instruction. It's a good reminder, and it's good instruction for preachers. If I'm going to be showing you something, it ought to be him. If it ain't him, I might as well be telling you how to play water polo. <laughs> it ain't going to do you no good. It ain't going to do you no good. They said we would see Jesus. And instead of isolating that verse or a part of that verse and just pounding on that, I want to see what's before it and what's after it so we can get the context of that. Because we say things so flippantly, don't we? And we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. And and the, the, the self-righteous religion is going to get mad at that. I know what I mean. <laughs> get poppy, won't they? And the child of God will say, I don't know nothing. Lord, you know. You know all things. Forgive me. Don't they? Teach me. Teach me. I want to be taught. Do you want to be taught? Or do you want to teach somebody else? I want to be taught. His people do, don't they? I want to get the context of this. I pray the Lord teach us something here. And for context, how are we going to do that? Well, what happened before this is said, these Greeks come and said, Sir, we would see Jesus in every word's important, isn't it? Where it says Philip. I won't get ahead of myself. Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, you think that's important? <laughs> Lord kept it there for two thousand years, ain't he? That's important. What happened before this, and what what happened after this? That'll give us the context of what's said there. So, what happened before? Well, in John eleven, Lazarus was sick. He was sick, and it's suggested by those old writers that that family, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, they were blessed of God, and that they were a well-to-do family. And I don't know about that, but they were at least well-known in that community. Everybody knew them, and everybody respected them, and I believe that. I know that. So how could I think such a thing? They were children of God, and they walked through this life acting like it. They were matured. The Lord had taught them things. And when Martha learned her lessons, she, she understood that and moved on. <laughs> and when Mary learned her lessons, she, she had to work for that her, didn't she, that alabaster box? She wasn't out saying foolish things and doing foolish things at work, was she? No, she was. her mind was on things above. <laughs> That's what she was doing. They were children of God. And when they had a burden, what they do? They have seance. They took it to the Lord, didn't they? They took it to the Lord. Abimelech, he saw Abraham. He said, I know you're God's man. I can tell. <laughs> People could tell there. could." We read over in John 11... His sister sent for him, saying, Lord, behold, the one that thou lovest is sick. The one you love sick. And when he heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. This is something that happened before. These men said, this is who they've come to see, wasn't it? He said, "This is the whole reason Lazarus is laid up sick, so I can be glorified, So what he told them. That's so he told his apostles, wasn't it? And he got there to the tomb. He said, where is he? Where is he laid? Take me to him. And they wept, and he wept. And he said out loud, Father, I thank thee thou hast heard me, and I know you hear me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it. Everybody in earshot. I'm saying this out loud. He knows this, don't he? You ever said something out loud to teach your children? Like, I know it. I don't need to learn it. I'm going to say it out loud so you can. I'm going to say it loud enough. So others can learn from, from a mistake. And that's what the Lord did. He said, so all these people around it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth, called him by name. And he said, loose him, let him go. He was all bound up, wasn't he? He'd get unwound, didn't he? And many of the Jews which came to Mary, they seen this thing he did and they believed on him. But some of them went their way back to the Pharisees and they told them what Jesus had done. They said, he, this man came out of the grave. We saw this. And the chief priests gathered and the Pharisees gathered and they had a council. They had a council. And they said, what do we do? (laughs) What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him, if we let him thus alone. They thought they could let him. They thought they they didn't think much of him, did they? They said all men's going to believe on him. At the rate he's going, especially after this last one. What's going to happen? What happened before that? (laughs) Lazarus was raised from the dead. We know that. Most people would know that. You got to say, what's the Lazarus? So that's the one that come out of the grave, come forth. Wouldn't it? People down the street tell you that. Well, before this one, there was one named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue. And he had a daughter there in Luke 8. She had just died. But she wasn't in a coffin yet. She wasn't in a coffin yet. And he's, they come and said, she's dead. Don't bother the master. And he said, you just hush. Let's go. So everybody went to his house. And they all gathered around. And everybody wept, And they bewailed her. And the Lord said, Weep not, she's not dead, but sleepeth. Now, didn't he say Lazarus was asleep? that will be a pattern here, huh? You think? And they laughed him to scorn. We think we're so pious and so goody-two-shoes. And we said, say, Oh, we're weeping. Oh, we're weeping and flailing arms and all this nonsense. And the second the Lord says, Why are you, why are you crying? She ain't dead. And then they laughed at him, laughed at him knowing that she was dead. They knew she was dead. And he pulled them out. He said, you get out of here. And he took her by the hand. He said, madam, arise. Maid, arise. (laughs) And she sat up. (laughs) straight, And he said, give her some meat. Give her something to eat. She's hungry. And her parents were were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Don't you tell anybody what happened. Well, we just read it then. Somebody leaked it. (laughs) Documents were leaked. Keep from telling it. God does work in you, you can't keep from telling somebody. That's so. There was another, There's a widow, Nain's. She was at a funeral of her son. They had him in a coffin. They was bringing him out. And he told that woman, he said, weep not. She's a widow and there's her only son. There he was in the coffin, a pine box, or whatever. He said, weep not. And he came and he touched that bier, that coffin. And they stood, that and stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak and delivered him his mother. He took him right to his mommy. <laughs> and fear came upon all. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us and that God hath visited this people. And this rumor, that's what it says in Luke seven 17, this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. And both of those, somebody could argue and they could kick at it. And they say, but, 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 don't they? That girl was raised, but, but she hadn't even been put in a coffin yet. Maybe she wasn't dead. And now, that man, he was in a coffin. They had him in a coffin. But now, that could have been wrong. They used to put bells in coffins back in the 1800s. You know that? So you can ring a little bell in case they buried you and you wasn't dead yet. He was in a coffin, but now they hadn't put him in the ground yet. She hadn't been put in a coffin yet. He hadn't been put in the ground yet. Now, Lazarus been buried for four days, and everybody knew it. whole big group of people was around. And what did Martha say? He said, take away the stone. And she said, Lord, he stinketh. He's been dead four days. And everybody there heard it. <laughs> and they knew it. They'd been there for a couple days, hadn't they? Here in John 12, verse 9, this is the, after that anointing at Bethany for his burial. John 12, 9. Much people of the Jews, therefore, there's a bunch of them, <laughs> knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only. Now, they wanted to come see him, this fella these rumors were about, and this talking was about, I don't want to see this guy, but that they might see Lazarus also. Their heart wasn't fixed on him yet, was it? There's a pattern here. They want to see Lazarus too, whom had raised from the dead, but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. They will to kill him. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. If they could just kill Christ, and they could just kill Lazarus, Two, then it's all be over. They can snuff it out. We get our problems behind us. We get through this trial. I bet they whine about trials too. (laughs) Verse twelve says, "On the next day, much people they didn't have a chance to. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took branches of palm trees." That declares the victory. That declares joy. They were happy because of a victory that's about to take place. What victory? they went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna. I mean, save now. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, why was there so many people there? In this two-mile stretch between Bethany and Jerusalem. There's a whole mess of people. Why were they there? They were there for the Passover, weren't they? They were there for the Passover. That was the feast they were there to see, the Passover feast. What, why did they do that? Why was they having a Passover? It was a reminder it was to bring in the remembrance that those Jews of old, they were freed from Egyptian rule, would not it? That's what was on their mind. They said, well, you know what? A long time ago, 400 years, we was in bondage in Egypt. That was bad conditions, and it's getting bad here. You know what they said? You listen to me. You ever said this? This nation's going downhill. You ever said that? This, it's, it's going to pot. It's getting bad. And we're going to be just as bad off as our brethren long time ago, her kinsmen after the flesh that was in Egypt. But Lord sent Moses, didn't he? And he brought him out. We walked through some water, I think there was, or something. They didn't really care. They might have quoted some verses, had some facts or something. They didn't know what they were talking about. And they said, he got them out of that mess. Here comes the one they talked about. He's going to get us out of our mess, isn't he? That's what they were looking at. These people thought there was going to be... An earthly kingdom of Israel was going to be restored instead of this Roman rule. Because Moses wrote up in Deuteronomy 18. He said, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Just like me. Unto him shall ye hearken. You're going to hear him. Moses said, y'all ain't going to listen to me, but you'll hear him. And I say that thing. People ain't going to listen to me. They'll hear him if he sees fit to speak to them, won't they? Lord got a lot of attention when he raised, raised Jairus' daughters, and he got a lot of attention when he raised that widow's son, but the raising of Lazarus was what sparked it all. That's what lit the wildfire. This really happened. This one was the king Messiah they saw coming. This was God's prophet. This was that special person sent to free them, to get them out from underneath that Roman rule, just like Moses led them out of Egypt. And they wanted things to get back to being good. That's what they wanted. He was a political king, not a spiritual king that they sought after. They wanted a political king. We remember after he fed five thousand back in John six, he said he perceived that they would come take him by force. Now, buddy, they put their back to the shoulder to the plow, didn't they? We're gonna make things happen if it's to our house. If it's gonna benefit us, we'll get after it then. It's everything's just a theory to hit you in a pocketbook. <laughs> to hit you where you live, till it comes in your living room. Now you do something about it, won't you? And they said, they would take him by force to make him king. And he departed again into a mountain alone. Walked right through them. They saw a man that could feed 5,000 with five biscuits of sardines. They saw a man that could purge the temple of thousands and thousands of people with a little whip. They saw a man that could heal people that was lame and halt and deaf and blind. And they saw a man that could make money appear out of a fish's mouth. And he could raise the dead too. I don't want to camp out on this, but the first thing I thought of, oh, man, we might finally get to see mommy and daddy again. Can you go raise my mommy and my daddy from the grave? I love my father. I love my mother. Would Would you have them back? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, they're with him. They're without sin. I wouldn't want them back in this sin-cursed world. If they're with him, if they're not with him, <laughs> send them back now when he... Get him out to sound the gospel, wasn't it? Health, wealth, safety, nice home. Get a brand new camel. They wanted this king to get in there. Go take over. He's heading right for the capital, he's heading right for the White House. On a donkey's ass. Verse 14 Jesus, when he found a young ass, on, how'd he find it? Well, we read that last time. He sent his people after it, didn't he? It was on purpose. Purpose. He sat there on, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's coat. We looked at that donkey last time. There's something significant about this. He wasn't riding a horse of war, was he? He didn't have an up-armored horse with with plates on it and thick leather and, and armor. He was coming in peace. This king, they don't want him to go take over. and He's coming in peace. What's he doing? The prince of peace is going to make true peace when he gets there, not just political peace. He's going to make atonement at one That's what he's going to accomplish. That's what he's going. He comes as the sacrifice, not the warring earthly king, but the spiritual king that's going to fulfill the, his covenant that he put his name on. Oh, that's what he's coming to do. After each one of those miracles or conversions he did, the Lord always told him, be quiet. Be quiet. Don't tell anybody. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. They went to stone him. They went to make him king. Walked right through him. And now he's made known to everybody. He's right out in the open, isn't he? He's right in the middle of them. Every eye in Jerusalem was on him. It was packed with all the religious folks and all those leeches that come with them that accompany the religious folks. And every one of them, with this happening, they're fully accountable they are without excuse to acknowledge him and his word. This is him. This is what he come to save his people according to the scriptures. We looked at that last time there in Zechariah 9 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Those true ones. Not just anybody. Don't just get to yelling. You shout. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. Lowly. He's not a mighty stallion. Lowly. And riding upon an ass and upon a colt of the foal of an ass. He told us how he's going to come. Why? Why did he come? Why did he come riding that horse? Why did he come or, or ride that ass all lowly? In chapter 13 of Zechariah, read this In that day where there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin. What's he coming to make a fountain of? What's it for? For sin and for uncleanness. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood. <laughs> that, one, that one coming on the, on the ass, young ass, that one. That's what he said he's going to do. He's doing it. They'll lose all their guilty stains. Not, a, not they're going to lose all that, those rules and regulations and taxes and all that stuff over top of them. No, not a political savior. A savior from sin. He came to save his people from something. Their sin, their sin, because they're sinners. They didn't want that. They wanted him to come and make Jerusalem great again. <laughs> Laughable, isn't it? People's got it on their bumper stickers. Why? Why do people want Jesus to come right now? Make America great again, and so they make a prophet or whatever savior out of whoever it is don't matter does it but not for sin lower our taxes make sure there's eggs down at costco make sure our robes are paid and them sirens going past make sure them fellers are paid we like them too i don't need you here for sin because i've churched myself up i clean the outside of my cup up i quit watching dirty movies and cussing and doing all kinds of things they don't want him he's the reason isn't he, he came unto his own and his own received him not. They're right there front, in front of him, is they? They would take him as their king if he made life better, but not as a king of kings who is our life. Everything. Would you be saved? Would you be made whole? It's going to cost you something. We'll see it in a little bit. John admits he didn't know what was going on, and you know that they got caught up in the politics that worldly stuff too, didn't they? They didn't, they didn't know he was, understand what he was doing. Remember whenever they said, Lord, is it I? He said, one of y'all is devil. One of y'all is going to betray me. They went around the room. Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Jesus said, Master, is it I? And he said, you just said it. What did they do? Immediately they turned and said, which one of y'all do you think is going to be the greatest? (laughs) Didn't they? Hmm. James and John, their mama come and said, she understood some things. She didn't get it. She said, whenever you're in your kingdom down there, can one of them sit on one side, one on the other Still looking for you know they got caught up and that's what they heard all this time don't draw attention don't draw don't draw attention don't bring reproach on the gospel didn't they now the city streets are filling up with people cheering they're walking with him a pre-victory parade that's what they were there for and they were going to be in the inner circle of the king's court what would you think how would that make you feel I know how it make me feel I know what I'm prone to verse sixteen says these things understood not his disciples at the first. John was honest. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him. Oh, remember next time after the Lord was glorified, he was sent into glory, and they might have been sitting down reading Zechariah 9, Zechariah 3, and they said, oh, I'm an idiot. How long has that been there? You ever said that? They, they ain't no different than us, were they? But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. They knew after. After he was glorified, they knew it. Peter got up and preached her in Acts two, and he said, Let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, without question, that God made that same Jesus, the one you all threw all stuff in front of, said all stuff about, whom you've crucified. All these people here cried Barabbas afterwards, didn't they? He's made him both Lord and Christ. Well, he ain't sitting on Jerusalem. Yeah, I know where he is now. <laughs> I ain't worried about Jerusalem. Verse 17 says, The people therefore that was with him when they called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him forth from the dead, they bear record. All those people that stood around, whether they believed or not, they went and told everybody, wouldn't you? You think about that. What if you saw somebody get hit by a tractor trailer out there on that road? And I mean, there are ten different pieces. And some fellow walked up and said, get back together. And then pieces just went back together. And he said, "Set up and live. And they set up and lived and said, go on about your day. And they went. What would you do? Hey, stranger, you know what just happened? <laughs> I got something to tell. I didn't have nothing to talk about five minutes ago. I do now. They bear a record. And because they went around, verse 18, for this cause, the people also met him. They come out of the woodwork. For that they heard he had done this miracle, this one. Raising Lazarus, what kicked it all off. To what end? Remember what we read back in John 11? This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified. He knew exactly. The Lord willed this. He purposed it. Absolutely everything leading up to this and through this for the glory of Christ and for the f- fulfillment of scriptures right in front of their eyes. Now whenever you, you don't like providence and there's too much traffic there's a car wreck, what's he doing now? Is he doing something different today? Ruining and reigning all things as he always has? He, they didn't understand, did they? Boy, what a lesson for us. What do we do? There's things that happen, and, boy, I'm encouraged by believers. You go see somebody in a hospital, they got a horrible disease or something, whatever. It's bad. We think it's bad. You all right? Well, I'm fine. Lord sent this. I don't know why yet. I don't know why he's done it, and I may never know, but I know he did it. What? That's, that's grown-up stuff, isn't it, Bob? That's maturity, isn't it? Lord's taught you that, if you know that. Lord willed all this. They read the Old Testament just like we read the New Testament we read the Old Testament too. And they knew passages that talked about this and this prophesied, didn't it? And worldly, these people did not want anything to do with glorifying Christ if it did not benefit them. Like I got saying, back they're anybody's dog that'll hunt. And there's people who preach this, they'll preach that, they'll preach whatever as long as you just keep gas in their tank and food in their belly. They'll do whatever you want. They're puppets, ain't they? These people, they they glorify Christ all day long. We'll throw down all the palm leaves you want as long as we get something. Quid pro quo. What's in it for us? <laughs> this for that, isn't it? Those that believed did not understand what happened, but they waited on the Lord. Let's see what he's pleased to do. Verse 19. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how that we prevail nothing? <laughs> Behold, the world's gone after him. They said, everything you did to stop this fellow, you ain't done enough. This is a problem. The whole world's going after me. We're going to be out of business. We're going to have to go back to working. I can't do that. <laughs> Verse 20. And there were some certain Greeks, and there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. Now, what's these fellas from Greece doing up there? They're Gentiles, ain't they? Proselytes. What's that mean? They're Jewish converts. They said, well, we left our idols, and we know that Greek stuff ain't no good, and we know that There's a true and living God, and it's supposed to be Israel. So, yeah, we'll convert. We'll be Jews. As they traveled up there to go to this feast, they were coming up to Jerusalem to worship, and they could go there. You can go read about that in the the court of the Gentiles. They couldn't go all the way in, but we'll let you get close. (laughs) You can sit on the outside. You know a real famous one? Everybody knows that they don't know who did this. Who's one of these, these proselytes that came up there to worship? The Ethiopian eunuch, wasn't it? That man from Ethiopia? He had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was there for the same thing these Greeks were. That was, just the, best, that was the best thing they had going. They knew it, it, where they was wasn't the truth, and they know this very probably ain't the truth. But this is this garbage better than that garbage, I guess. I don't I hear the same thing in this this day and age. They were allowed to come to the feast, get pretty close, but they couldn't go in. And so they had to stay out there in the courts of the Gentiles. Would that make you happy to be in the outer ring? They traveled from Greece to get up there. I had to take a boat and a carriage ride and walk and a camel. You know how hard it was for me to get here? And then I can't even go in. I want to see what's in there. I gave up everything. My people back home don't like me because I come up here. That's That's not fair, is it? You think they might want something out of it? Verse 20, And when there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast, they came therefore to Philip. They went to Philip. Well, who was Philip? Well, he was the one which was of Bethsaida, of Galilee. What happens there? That's either the town of hunters or the town of fishers. Well, these these are island boys. You think they fish? Yeah. I said, we're going to go to the fishermen. And and regardless of what some theologians say, uh, commercial fishermen were not high society back in that day. They're just like today. They're commercial fishermen. (laughs) And I said, there's a ruffian like us. We're going to start. We'll we'll go to somebody that's like us, and we're going to weasel our way in there. They weren't fools. They went to him. Philip and Andrew's mom and dad, they lived there with Greek folks too. That's some common ground. What did Philip do? They came to Philip and said, Sir, they're polite, as they should be. Sir, we would see Jesus. Verse 22, Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. Well, they didn't say they wanted to see Andrew. Why would they go to Andrew? And again, Andrew and Philip tells Jesus, why would Philip go to his brother? Well, first off, they're Jews, and these are Gentiles, ain't they? They might be converts, but what do they call Gentiles? Gentile dogs. Gentile dogs. And they showed up, and they're wanting to see this one who's just about, in their minds, about to take an earthly throne. Now, all these Jews, are, they're paying attention. There's a bunch of them throwing down palm leaves and taking their clothes off. We probably got 51%, maybe more. We can get them Romans. They see they, they were where this is going, and they think where it's going, and they're planning ahead, ain't they? And now these Gentiles show up. What are these Jews and Pharisees going to think if they see our master talking to these Greeks? The election's a shoe in You see what I'm saying? Don't throw any mud right before the election night, right? They're screening the Lord's cause in modern times. Now you don't talk to him. Hold on. Now, you can wait till next week. We got some, we got some important stuff going on, and don't you go talk to him. He was considering personal gain, wasn't he? They were about to hit it big, and he didn't want to let anything mess that up. That's what it was. And there was conflict, and he knew that Christ had sheep that were not of this fold. I know he's got some Gentiles. Even the Old Testament says that. He's torn, isn't he? He's torn. What's he going to do? So he went to his brother. He went to his brother. And if you have a brother or sibling or a real good friend, Hey, ask your parents if I can come stay the night. Well, I ain't asking them, you ask them. <laughs> no, you ask them. Well, let's go ask them together. Philip went to Andrew and said, you ask him. He said, I ain't asking him, you ask him. <laughs> you tell him about it. Well, we'll go together and tell him, isn't it? Lord, there's some Greek Gentiles here that want to talk with you. They want to see you. And Jesus answered them, verse 23. People say, well, he didn't answer this, and he didn't deal with it. It says right there he answered them. Saying, here's the answer." The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. They wanna see me? They're about to see me. They're gonna see some some man named Jesus, some fella named some dude named Jesus. They're not gonna see that. They're not gonna see some guy that's gonna get them out of a bind and it's a Lucky's rabbit's foot to them. They're about to see me. It's ours here. That's what it is if they are truly made to seek. That's what they need to see. Not somebody that's a golden parachute. They need to see him glorified. Glorified. Remember when James and John, they asked him, they said, grant unto us that we may sit one on the right hand and one on the left hand in glory. And he said, you don't know what you're asking. He told them that. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking. He said, can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We're we getting a pool to signify the Lord's baptism. Right, Our Lord was baptized to show us his baptism, that baptism of fire. He said, can you drink of the cup I'm going to drink of? Can you drink the dregs thereof? And they said to him, we can. <laughs> know what he's talking about. And he said, you shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of. And with the baptism I'm baptized with, shall you shall be baptized. He said, yeah, we're one. We're together. You're just dumb little children, ain't they? <laughs> It'd be like a child to enter his kingdom. They didn't know what they were talking about. These these Greeks, I don't know their heart. The Lord does. Maybe they wanted to truly see the king. The king. The spiritual king. The eternal king. Or maybe they wanted a handout. They wanted, they wanted to get in uh, before, before he took office so they could be the first in line to get a government handout. I don't know. He knows. He knows. That ought to terrify those that are faking it. God looks on the heart. You can't fake it. And that ought to be a comfort for us, because he's the one that gives the heart. If you've got a new one. What did Peter say? He said, do you, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You, you gave me this heart that loves you in the first place. If I know, it's, your, it's yours. He said, go feed my sheep. If you're going to see the king, you're going to see him glorified. What our Lord is saying for these Greeks is that an earthly king won't do you any good. You don't need a political king. You need a spiritual king. And the hours come for you to see just that. Will he be riding on a big white horse? Nope, young ass. Will he be lighting up the sky while the the cities are burning down? Nope, the whole world's going to go dark for three hours. Is he going to kill all those mean rulers? Nope. For a bunch of them sitting around there that crucified him, he's going to lay down his life for them. That give you goosebumps? That he might take it up again. Why were those Greeks there? They heard about a man named Jesus. What did they hear? He raised Lazarus. And he might be the next world ruler and they wanted to drop in and say hello before he got in there. What happened before? All this, would not it? What happens after? They asked this question. We would see Jesus. That's what's led up to it. And what happened during? Now what happens after? Verse 23. And Jesus answered and said, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. If the Greeks were going to have any true benefit of seeing Christ, they must see him glorified. How is he glorified? Well, he's crucified, lifted up. He's buried, and he's risen, and he's exalted. That'll do those fellows some good, wouldn't it? See, that holy one, the innocent one, go to the cross. Why? He's bearing our sins. He died. Not pretend. He died. How could he? I don't know. That's from him and the Lord, and that's cause of me, isn't it? They laid him in a tomb. He was buried. He didn't see corruption. He rose. What's that mean? The Father was satisfied. When he said it was finished, he wouldn't (laughs) lie. He was the sacrifice, and that sacrifice has been accepted. Who gets all the glory for all that? And he planned it all. Him. (laughs) Him. It said in John 12, 32, If I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men to me. If I'm glorified all that are mine, they're going to come to me. The blessing of Christ... Or to the Jews and the Greeks alike, ain't they? The rich and the poor, the bond and the free. But not by an earthly throne, by a cross, isn't it? By a cross, that's where he's, what he accomplished there. In Isaiah 53, we read this, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When? When? When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Whenever he sees his seed, his seed's going to see him. <laughs> That's what we're going to see. When, when his soul's made offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. What we was he saying, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. I had a burden in my heart up till I saw a substitute, Till I saw satisfaction, What? Here's the necessity of this. Simple illustration. He's still talking to the same people. Philip and Andrew's there about these Greeks that said they would see Jesus. He said, they're about to. About to see the Savior. Saving. Doing his job. What he come to do. The hour of it. And he gives a simple illustration a farmer would understand. A, a, a kid with a pack of seeds could understand. Johnny Appleseed get a hold of this. Verse 24. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Well, they're going to see me. They ain't going to see nothing. If I, if he goes and dies and that's it, I ain't done you no good. Abides alone. But if it die and it bringeth forth much fruit, if he goes and lays down and he's dead and he's bore our sins and he's bore that judgment, now there's going to be a bunch of fruit come out. That is the Savior we must come to that one that accomplished salvation, that one that bore our sins in his body on a tree, that gave up his ghost. (laughs) No man took his life from him. He he laid down his life of his own will, didn't he? And he raised it up again. That's who we come to. We don't come to baby Jesus. We don't come to some little nativity scene that's that's an abomination to God. And we don't go to some 30-something Jesus that's smiling, flowing hair, some some handsome Caucasian fellow. We don't come to one that just heals. That's a healer. We don't come to one that just raised the dead, do we? Not even a man on a cross. The one that's glorified where he is now. All these people that wear crosses and little Jesus is on their necks. You'd think they'd have a a, hole, a cave with a stone next to ought without they's <laughs> If going to do something like that. That's who we got to see. The hours come that the Son of Man might be glorified. Paul told 1 Corinthians 15, he said, If Christ be not raised, your faith's in vain, you're still in your sins. If you don't have an empty tomb, it ain't finished. Now it's works, you're done, and I'm done with you. He's got to be glorified. When's he glorified in our eyes? I've heard by the hearing of the ear, but now I see high and lifted up in him. When he's exalted, not, well, me and Jesus got a good thing going, or a co-effort. or Well, now he's, he's saved us, but we got to no, kick in our part. Mm-mm. He's all. He's all. When you see him as the victorious spiritual king, that he's our all. Well, for that matter, victorious political king, too. What's all this government's going on? What well, if they ban our gas stoves. <gasps> Say it. <laughs> so that government is on his shoulder, singular, isn't it? He rules and reigns all things. That's the king of kings. That's the Lord of lords. You get that? We see him high and lifted up. Here's what's strong caution to us. We'll look at it probably again next time too. But verse 25, He that loveth his life shall lose it. To those Greeks, if you're here for personal gain, you're going to lose everything. It's going to burn. And he that hateth his life in this world, because he's got his eyes on things above, shall keep it unto eternal life. I've seen this across the world. People, you've got the gospel in one hand, the Lord Jesus Christ, who He is, and what He accomplished for His people, well, that's plumb done. And, and people, they glorify Him. <laughs> we praise Him. We thank Him, don't we? And on the other hand, absolutely anything else a house, a job, a daughter, a son, a grandbaby, a, a whatever. Cricket, I, I don't know. Anything. And it comes down to which hand you're going to take. Him or death. Him or death, isn't it? Go go read Matthew ten sometimes, verse thirty four through thirty nine. That's his conditions of surrender. If you ain't ready to put all that away and follow me, you ain't mine. The Father won't do it. What's to say here? Verse twenty six. If any man serve me, what's a servant do? What's a bond servant do? Does the Lord save people? And he says, you're my profitable servant now, and you're going to sit in my basement and play video games all day. <laughs> no. That ain't what a servant does. That's what a lazy person does. He has bond servants, love servants, bond servants. They're willing there, and they serve, don't they? So we get the name servant. He said, if any man will serve me. That's got one man I said, would you be made whole? It's going come to come across to it, all this worldly stuff cars and the houses and the families and when I just can't leave because of so-and-so. That's are you going to have. It's going to burn. It's going to burn. Let him follow me. And where this is beautiful? Where I am, there shall also my servant be. Where is he? He's accepted to the Father. Isn't he? He's in glory. There's no condemnation in him. He's right there with him. Made at one that's where you are. You serve me. Do anything you want. <laughs> yes, Lord. Where he is, there you will be also. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Isn't that night and day? That's what that king come right on a little young ass. An unbroken, had no man can tame him. He come into town. They threw down palm leaves. And that father, holy God, that we've offended... And done nothing but been at war with. Our Savior, our King says, Father's going to honor you. That's that's too good to be true, Brian. (laughs) It's so. I know it is. Why? He said so. He said so. That's the King. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I don't care if I'm broke, if I'm starving to death. I don't need to eat food. He can keep me alive anyway. (laughs) I don't care about that stuff. I want to see Him. Him high and lifted up where he is now. And That's pretty good.